Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast, 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 podcast. Yo, what's going on, people? Important to make sure you sign up to Patreon. Those who sign up to Patreon help me provide better content, which is going to ramp up. We're going to be changing things up in the month of December. So make sure you're aware of the Patreon. Sign up on patreon.com forward slash Dysonomics. Link will be in the bio. Or you can just download the Patreon app and check out Dysonomics. We've got some cool guests coming on the podcast. Fingers crossed in the next few weeks. So make sure you're about, and then you want to see the full length of certain visuals and stuff like that on Patreon. And yeah, that was it. Well, this week's episode is kind of like, of course, coronavirus is on the on the agenda again, and I'll probably go into more detail on the Patreon podcast during the week. So the Patreon people, then you can look forward to that because obviously this has been recorded on a Sunday, Sunday the twenty second of November, and the main announcement's going to come on the 23rd, but just some rules that have been hitting the streets, or well, not rules, some updates have been hitting the streets by way of leaks and the government's own information. So what's going to happen is we've been debating, are oh, we going to leave lockdown? Some people say they can't be in prison anymore. Shout out to my brother and Bumi, my G Martha. So many people are kind of anxious. Are we still staying in a lockdown state? Are we going to be freed? And if we are freed on December the 2nd, is it going to be a complete relaxation of lockdown rules? Is it going to be tier one, tier two, tier three, or what is it going to be? Well, the latest just is that once we do leave lockdown, we are going to be, well, that, when I say lockdown, I mean the national lockdown that we've, we currently see where gyms are closed, non-essential restaurants, non-essential shops such as restaurants and all that type of stuff are closed. Um, only elite sport can continue to go ahead, but people still able to go to schools. <coughs> I will encourage to work from home, etc. That is the current settings right now. Well, of course, in the government, as as of the second of December, that is going to be relaxed somewhat. But with the whole country, when I say the whole country, I'm referring to England, will be placed into a quote stricter lockdown rules, and it'll be tier three. But it's going to be interesting to see how they implement this because they are hinting at it being stricter than tier three. And for those who don't know, we were in a three-tiered lockdown system previously. And <laughs> to be honest, like tier one was medium and the rules between these three tiers wasn't that drastic. Well, that's especially between tier two and tier three and tier two and tier one. Um, tier one, which is known as medium alert level, rule of six if meeting indoors or outdoors, pubs and restaurants shut at, at, shut at 10. Um, tier two, no household mixing indoors. Rule of six applies outdoors, pubs and restaurants shut at 10 p.m. So that that was what London was under up until the national lockdown was implemented earlier on in this month. Or back end of last month, should I say? And tier three, no household mixes indoors or in some outdoor spaces. 
um, pubs and bars are not served, that not serving meals will be closed. So in this instance, you restaurants will be allowed to be open, so you can still go to restaurants, but you're not meant to really be mixing households like that. Obviously, support bubbles, standing still remains. Um, what's interesting about tier three is that in some regions, in some people who were, uh, oh, sorry, some regions that entered tier three um, lockdown, their gyms were closed. But in other regions, the gyms were open. So it'll be interesting to see how the government guides the country I would assume they'll keep gyms closed if they're going for a stricter lockdown. I remember I told you people from the Public Health of England were saying, listen, the lockdown rules weren't strict enough before. They need to be stricter. And we had people from, say, saying for every one day of quote-unquote relaxed rules, it will probably lead to an extra five days of more stricter rules. So that is a gist. So come December 2nd, we are highly likely, which will probably be announced that they all listen to this. Most people listen to my podcast on a Monday. Um to enter a tier three national, no, tier three lockdown nationally. Now, some of the interesting information is that um, there's been talks and it's come and it's been leaked out that there's a, almost a Christmas get together where there's going to be a relaxation for a small number of days. I think there's some of the fun on the first people to report this a couple of weeks ago, but um, the Telegraph also reported on this and the dates earmarks were the 22nd to the twenty. I think the 28th of December, where there will be a, a relaxation of the rules. So if we're in tier three lockdown, there's going to be a relaxation of the rules. And Boris is going to do to announce this on this Monday. So another key thing is that the 10 p.m. closing times for pubs and restaurants could also be relaxed coming when we come out from tier three, when we come into tier three. So that could be a potential shout. And if that's the case, make sure you're at trending Sundays. <laughs> National lockdown ending party December the 4th, I believe. December Friday, December the 4th. Make sure you're there. Anyway. So the cabinet and the cabinet office office said that Minister from England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland had endorsed a small objective of facilitating some limited additional house bubbling for a small number of days. So this is to kind of allow small groups of houses to kind of mingle interact during the Christmas period. But they emphasize the public should remain cautious. And wherever possible, you should avoid traveling and minimize social contact. Three households could be allowed to meet up over a number of days, maybe five days. And this is according to the BBC's deputy political officer, Vicky Young. So shout out Vicky for our good work. Obviously, this is ongoing. They're still discussing stuff for travel arrangements. And I hope that this can be patterned within a week. Um, most areas are set to be placed into higher tier, actually. This is, this is actually an update. Because um, before, it seemed like everybody in England was going to be placed into a higher tier. Sorry, I misspoke. But some areas may be placed into a higher tier and some tiers will be strengthened according to Downing Street, which, which as I said earlier, there's been calls for these areas to be strengthened. Um, according to the government scientific advisory group for emergencies, SAGE, which I always refer to, they expect to publish research on Monday saying the previous tier restrictions in England weren't strong enough. But 70 Tory MPs have said they will not back any proposal without evidence. So this is going to be interesting to see how the Tories um, react. So referring to the 10pm closing time, this was from Chancellor Rishi Sunak. He told um, BBC's Andrew Marr that, yeah, they were looking at refining that. So it's understandable the rules will be allowed to give people extra hours to finish their food and drinks after last orders at 10. So maybe that means it will be extended to 11 or 12. I don't know. Um... So this is very interesting times. 
So we're looking at a small relaxation of rules, but I'm sure there's gonna be various modifications over the coming weeks. Do you know what I mean? Um, this brings me on to the next part of my podcast, which is a bit of a rant. And my rant is basically, why have we, and I say we, I'm included, well, I try my best, but maybe I should shout a bit more. Um, the country have seemingly allowed the government to get away with this. I will say the government's getting away with this, I mean, absolute, utter incompetence from literally day one. This has been an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. We were slow into lockdown, which resulted us having a longer lockdown than most of our peers. When I say our peers, I'm not looking at the whole world. I'm looking at the slights of Germany, Italy, France, Spain, USA, Canada, them type of countries, Australia. Countries of a large population and they're not a complete homogenous population. People love to compare us to Sweden, Denmark, um, Finland. Those countries have the population that are, that's even less than London and they're very homogenous people. Doesn't make sense. <clears throat> but compared to our peers, we were the latest into lockdown. We ended up being, because we we're so late into lockdown, it was so drastic we had to stay in lockdown for even longer. And that saw us having one of, if not the worst economic um, downturns out of the group. If I remember correctly, our GDP dropped at like 21%. And America was like 11%. So we so we were double, we had double the impact of America, which is crazy. We had a worse impact on France, Italy, all these other countries. Now, so from beginning, we were late to start lockdown. Dominic Cummins and them, they were pushing for herd immunity. Boris Johnson was skipped five important stage meetings discussing the virus. Because of the Tories, and this is not really Boris Johnson and this current government's fault, but it is the party's fault. For the last 10 years, they've, due to austerity cuts, keeping a high stockpile of PPE and all that type of stuff was low down the priority. So our stockpiles were actually diminishing and some of the stuff we had was even out of date. Um, I've had two of my friends who work in various elements of the health industry showing me, literally texting me pictures of PPE kit that's actually out of date and they've put a sticker over it. This is not even cap. I've seen it with my own two eyes. The UK was known for one of the best like disaster plans, planning, um, disaster reaction, reaction planning, all that type of stuff. One of the best was envied in the world up until the Tories came in charge. And their austerity left us bare with these type of things. So we had Boris who was, was MIA. We were late to act. And even the initial lockdown wasn't really too greasy enough until they went like full on. It sounds like you're giving people a choice. Oh, please stay at home, don't talk to your friends. We, we weren't strict enough. And that has led to a colossal, absolute colossal amount of economic, social, and unfortunate fatalities as well. Like, if we look as of today, there has been, hold on, in the last seven days, um, there has been three, um, over 3,000 deaths. 4.1 person at pay 100,000. 3,000 people due to the virus. That's over 55,000 people in total. 55,000 deaths to coronavirus. And if we look at, and that's deaths with, with, with coronavirus on there, um, with, a positive, with a positive coronavirus test. Sorry, I can't speak. I'm absolutely shattered. Now, if you look at deaths with COVID-19 on death certificate, that number is significantly higher. That's over 63,000. That's enough to fill the Emirates. It's absolutely insane. 
is absolutely insane. It's looking like the deaths are starting to plateau a little bit. So I'm looking at right now figures where we saw in like early April, like that's when deaths were at its highest and it came all the way down up until like August, September was hardly seeing anything and then it started to rise again. Obviously, eat out to help out or back in the streets, lockdown restrictions were eased. Obviously, this, the virus spread it again. We were late to do everything. Late to lockdown. Even only now, we're looking at testing in airports in December. The virus has been here since Feb. 10 months later, man are testing people. We allowed millions of people to fly in and out of the country across this period. Millions of people. Millions. And that's why we've, we've had one of the heaviest hitting coronavirus in the Western world. We have the most deaths in Europe. People were able to fly in and out of the country without being tested, without being tracked. Bro, certain countries in Africa, you go there, they make you quarantine for two weeks. In fact, they'll test you. And if, they, and if you're not passing, you're not coming. In fact, bad countries just straight up stopped allowing people to come into the country. Point blank, period. I had a couple of people in Nigeria who are actual citizens here. And they couldn't get home. But Nigeria won't allow them to have flights. Then we've seen so many blunders. We're seeing all these ministers go on, go on, Good Morning Britain or BBC or Sky News or Channel 4 getting chefed up. One person says one thing on a Monday, Monday afternoon, what the Street has to deny it or say they got the wrong end of the stick. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Utterly embarrassing. You had you had flipping the health sec trying to dig out footballers for not taking pay cuts. They're, oh, it's big man. Are you going to go and take a pay cut? He said, I'm going to work harder. Pierce was like, are you dumb? I expect you to work harder. That's your job, bro. Are you going to take a pay cut as well? Do you know that? These times, footballers were giving out of their own pockets, unprovoked, because they tend to come from working class backgrounds, so they know how it is. So, so many different footballers were doing things in the community. The absolute cheek, the absolute cheek of the man. NHS staff were poorly protected, overworked, and we start to see deaths from nurses and doctors, especially in ethnic minorities. It's utter farce. Absolutely crazy. We didn't have enough kit. Kit came late. Then these men went on, on this, this, this track and trace our system. Yeah, it's going to be a world beater. It was, first of all, it was getting tested in the Isle of Man. Is it Isle of Man or Isle of White? One of these aisles. We didn't hear about it. The streets didn't hear about it. The reason why I didn't hear about it, because it fucking flopped. It flipped flopped. So they had to spin the block and it came back again. And for weeks and weeks, there's been declining results in the test or trace system. Shall I tell you what's quite interesting about this? Research from BBC Investigation has shown that no one from NHS labs was at key government meetings with private firms discussing testing. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So this is how test and trace works. Apply for a test, you get a home kit, you collect it or delivered by Amazon, Amazon or Real Mail, you supply an analysis, they're supplied analysis by, um, by Randox to a positive result, 
contact tracing. You contact traces employed in call centres. This is run by Circo and Cytel. Complex cases traced by local council and public health England NHS. Like the whole system, I, I, should, I didn't even need to bother to go into There's so many different people involved. Perkin, AstraZeneca, GSK, University of Cambridge, Union of Glasgow, UK Biocenter, Randox Medicines, NHS Trust. There's so many chefs. Or did they say too many cooks? Or what, what was that? What's that British saying? I don't even know. The government has a fat testing capacity. Like now they could do 500 virus tests a day before they could only do 2,000. But the issue is, it's just bypassed local skills. Like, okay, let's look at ONS estimates. Sorry, I'm just, just rattled. Like, this is just such a joke. I've got so much information in front of me. The ONS estimate estimated that there were 333,900 new infections in the first week of November, which is absolutely crazy. More than a quarter million people who were infected with the virus, yeah, in the first week of November. That's more than the population of Leeds. 141,804 people, 42%, were identified and passed to test and trace system. So 58% were even identified. World beaten. Out of those, out of this 141,804, so out of that 42% that were identified and passed the test and trace system, 70%, 99,000, provided details for 314,000 close contacts. 15% were reached, but did not provide any contact. So 15% of the people, yo, we ain't got contact to give you. 15% of people were not reached. That's not, that's good, not good enough. 21,292 people weren't even reached. That's not good enough. So out of the 99,212 people who provided details for 314,817 contact, close contacts, only 60% of those close contacts were reached and asked to self-isolate. 40% of those contacts weren't reached. So, effectively, huh, let me not talk too much. NHS Test and Trace estimated around half of people contacted self-isolated fully. So if you look at how the numbers went down, in the end result is that even with the amount of people that they failed to get, the small amount, they or the relatively small amount of people they managed to actually contact, only half of themselves isolate fully ridiculous it's actually ridiculous they spent how much money on this and look at some of the areas that have the worst contact tracing from 28th of May to the 4th of November Bradford 49% less than half Luton half Blackburn 51% City of London and Hackney, 53%. Look how fucking big London is. Just over half. Manchester, another massive city, 53%. Leicester, a big city, 54%. Birmingham, 54%. Fucking joke. This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Bro, the government been a mess. Even with all the stuff, furlough. Okay, cool. We're on a furlough scheme. Thank God for that. Pumping in money, pumping in money. You're reducing the furlough month by month. So at the end of October, 60%. And then you come up with this new winter economic plan. Um, so the job retention scheme is a job support scheme where you're going to top up people's who are working part-time for ages by a third with the help of employers. But it wasn't enough. You had to bring it up again. And then you basically brought furlough back straight away. Twice, you did not want to feed 
children during certain holidays, twice due to a 22-year-old professional footballer, you had to do a U-turn. How many U-turns has this government done? It's absolutely, it's, it's mind-boggling. I don't get me wrong. The government realising they're making a mistake and doing the U-turn is a good thing. And it's good. And that shows that, that we're able to hold them accountable. But the fact that you're making so many U-turns means you're making too many mistakes. And we have let them get away with it because I can't lie. I haven't seen no protests against the government. I've always seen protests for Black Lives Matter. Like, I ain't seen no protests against the government. I ain't seen no riots. I'm not, I'm not inciting riots before someone comes to arrest me. But we should be going absolutely crazy. Like how we went crazy because of the Marcus Rashford thing where people, good good British people, good migrant people were coming, using their own pockets, their own businesses to say, Yo, do you know what? This half time we're going to feed the kids. We saw, that, we saw what the impact Marcus Rashford had and it was just overwhelming. It was amazing. That is what people were willing to do because the government went patterned. And that was so embarrassing for the government, they had to do a U-turn. That shows that you can put pressure on these governments. That's what you have to do. Donald Trump lost an election because for four years, every single non-right-wing media publication was on his ass. Any false move, any turn, they investigated fully. Quotes, they were on him. That's It was agenda-based. He was a bum, a terrible candidate, but it was agenda-based. But that's how we should be. We should be holding these people accountable non-stop. We have lost probably over 60,000 people. I'm black. I'm a black African. I worry for my parents every day. The biggest risk is age. Age is the biggest risk. I think I saw like over 45% of the deaths or the, or the biggest chunk were to people over the age of 80. The biggest risk factor is age. So many people within my community, like I'll see it, especially from April, April, May, April, May, literally every day almost, definitely every week, somebody that I knew of or I followed on social media had lost a family member. Do you know how insane that is? Lost a family member. I'm not saying the government could save every life. Of course they can't. But the results, why, with all this technology, all this money, why have we had the worst deaths in Europe? The worst deaths in Europe? It's just sheer incompetence. Even the way the rules are delivered, nobody understands what these men are saying. Nobody understands. I have people ask me questions about the rules all the time. And I'm like, oh, well, let me have to check. And I have to give like relatively educated guesses sometimes because I have to kind of go on their guidance to what it means. Listen, if you're generating rules for lockdown, if you're generating rules, the way laws and rules work, good laws, good rules, is when it's very specific, leaves no room for, leaves little to no room for interpretation and swaying. The government website should say categorically what you can't and what you can't do. It doesn't. It's wishy-washy. Wishy-washy. Literally, every time the government announces some form of lockdown or some change to the rules, I get loads of questions that people are asking me or you see in the in the news conferences what people are asking. And then they're like, oh, mother, uh, blah, blah, oh. And when it's not Boris, it's like, let's say, I don't know, um, I can't remember, remember my man's name. Um, like the business, like it's a business sec or the community sec. They say, oh, I'm going to have to speak to, you know, Sir Patrick Valance or I'm going to have to speak to the, the Prime Minister and see what we could do about this. That's a very good question. They don't know. They just don't know. So 
literally every single time the rules change, I get a bunch of questions from people that are very good questions that were not addressed in the public briefing. They were not addressed in the, in the documentation. So if these questions will come to me quick and fast, how will you're generating these guidances? Nobody is saying, thinking, okay, cool. What potential questions are there? What, what are the loopholes? One minute you're telling people it's, it's not safe to go to work, but it's safe to go to cinema and it's safe to go and eat. Huh? Make it make sense. Listen, you will lock it down, don't lock it down. Just trying to appease bad people. Even this Christmas thing is crazy to me. It's, cr it's crazy to me. It's crazy. How are we letting them get away with it? How? This is not even about if you're a Labour supporter, if you're a Conservative supporter, if you're Lib Dems or whatever. This is just bad governance from top to bottom. This guy's a fucking... This um, Boris guy is an absolute clown. He's a clown. Matt Hancock, he's a clown. Dominic Robb, he's a clown. The only person, when they're speaking on the podium, I get any sort form of conviction or understanding is Rishi Shanak. That's it. He's also going to drop three billion on the NHS's heads um, in terms of funding. And then when I'm listening to Patrick Vanance or Chris Whitty, Boris, Boris comes across like he's reading the keynote presentation on the way there. Like he won't even in meetings like that. Do you know that? It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We got to hold these people accountable. And you don't have to. You don't, you don't have to leave your house, dude. You've got social media, just tweeting. Send the letters or emails or tweets to your local MP or whatever. Because these are the things that they snowball, 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 snowball. And this is how you hold these bums accountable because this year is about to end and we've had a catastrophic coronavirus disaster. Economically, so many businesses by the wayside. So many people lost jobs. So many people lost businesses. So many people lost opportunities. People who are creators, musicians, they haven't been able to do shit all year. Over half a million people have filed for redundancies, let alone not people who don't have corrects, like, do you know what I mean? That maybe cash and hand jobs simply can't work. We've been in a recession. People have died. But yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore nomics. Dysonomics and Dysonomics Pod on Instagram. Dysonomics on Patreon. Make sure you check out Patreon. And make sure you subscribe, especially in the month of December. It should be very lit. You've got to take things up a notch. And yeah, until next week, take it easy and God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.